Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. But in reality, this is not an actual true episode of the podcast. This is a bonus episode that we're bringing to you. We are joined this week by Greg of Greg and Good Company, the proprietor of Writers Round LA, the founder of the Writers Round show out there in Los Angeles. And uh, it has now grown so popular as they have different divisions in other cities, I believe uh, many other places, including New York and gosh, I don't even know where else. But uh, Greg is a wonderful guy, and I met him at Belcourt Taps many, 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 many years ago. But we decided that we want to do an Instagram live with uh, each other so that we could have like uh, what we're calling a town hall to take questions on Instagram from our, each of our followers and talk about our respective music scenes because obviously LA and Nashville are going to be a little bit different. But please enjoy this special edition of the Nashville Tour Stop podcast calling Town Hall with Greg and Good Company live on Instagram this week on the Nashville Tour Stop podcast. We are live on Instagram, and we are now waiting for our town hall co-host, Greg in Good Company from Writers Around Los Angeles, is going to be joining us here in just a second. So thank you for hopping on and joining our Instagram live town hall number one. We don't know if we'll do it again, but we're calling it town hall number one this evening. So thank you for joining us. Tonight, me and Greg will be uh, discussing the different kinds of music scenes we have between Nashville and Los Angeles. Greg is the proprietor of the Writers Round LA scene. They host their own Writers Round series in uh, Los Angeles and their company has actually grown so that we can uh, kind of learn about the different places that they're actually uh, putting on shows as well, which I believe are in many different cities at this point. But personally, I don't know all of the different places that they are going. So uh, if you are watching live right now with the uh, the Instagram. We're going to be taking questions in the comments. Uh, we won't be taking any actual additional live people because we're recording this for the Tour Stop podcast. So this will pop up in post. But we have Greg in good company joining us right now. Greg, welcome to the podcast. Good Yo, to thank talk you, with you for buddy. having me. It's good to see you, man. Thank you for hopping on. Yeah, dude. It's truly a pleasure and a long time coming. Uh, I should have been doing this earlier with you and many other people. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I, I like to start almost every like interview, we'll call this an interview for whatever, but uh, how I met the people I'm talking to, so can you please give the at least listeners live and the listeners after the fact a description, the story, whatever you want to call it, of how you and I met? So I met Aaron um, at, uh, I met you uh, at Nashville Tour Stop, and I had reached out um, back in summer of 2019 and i met okay. you at uh nashville tour stop and i had just emailed you said hey man i'm coming to nashville for the first time you know can i come play around and you were like no we're all booked but you should come hang and so i was right. like all right cool so i made it a priority it was literally the first place i went to in nashville is at belcourt taps and just walked in and just had like just an amazing instant experience. The community vibe was so strong. Everyone just welcomed me without knowing me. It's pretty rare when you walk into a place full of songwriters in LA, at least when you're like, oh, I'm a songwriter. And everyone just believes you instead of kind of, uh, you know, they're, 
I don't know. There's there's a little <laughs> bit more uh, cynicism out here, right? Instead of just open embrace. And um, yeah, I just was so impressed with uh, how you ran the night. It was so inspiring. And and I think I just said, hey, what's up? How are Actually, I think we smoked a joint that night or a vape pen. That right. We smoked a vape <laughs> pen. That's right. Uh, after the show, I was just talking to you and you're like, yeah, I'll hit that. So we uh, passed a vape pen back and forth and got a little stone and talked about what, why your show was so cool. And then <laughs> I remember, so then I had my first writer's round ever because I'd never heard of the format until I went to Nashville uh, at a different event. It was like a few days later and through going to your event uh, and others around a city, uh, I was able to get like 12 or 15 people who came to watch. I remember That's you came awesome. to watch me and you know, like... That was like more than I was getting in LA to come and see me. And I was like, how crazy is this? I'm just on vacation in Nashville. And like everyone's just so cool and supportive. Like they came out and they enjoyed the show. And I love the the kind of the experience of the uh, writers round that made me want to kind of I had the opportunity to start a show in Hollywood. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna bring this to LA because I felt like it wasn't happening out here and they needed mm -hmm. it. And so uh, you were the show that directly inspired me and just uh, kind of the the environment, the vibe you created. So, yeah, that's how we met. That's I, I love hearing that because, you know, it's honestly it, it's kind of it, it's hard doing this. Like, obviously, no matter where you are, trying to be a musician is brutal. But even on such a small scale with you and I knowing that like the little bubble that I had created God now four years ago, it's like that was still important back then, even on such a small scale that it made you feel like you wanted to do the same kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was, I would say up until 2018, I really like did not like the LA music scene. Like you, <laughs> you'd go out to shows, you know, on a sunset strip or, or in the valley and these kind of dive bars or cool bars. And you just never felt welcomed. You just always right. felt like you were some outsider trying to work your way in, you know, people looking at you, looking away. The show really wasn't, the shows weren't well introduced. They weren't well curated. The lineups didn't make sense. I had terrible experiences being thrown on these bills with, with bands and artists that made no sense for me playing with. And because of that, there was just no community interaction. It was just like, play, and then I play, and then you play. And so I was really like, what's the point of this? This is so stupid. And uh, when I went to Nashville, that's definitely what made me look and think of it all differently. Like, oh, this could be it here. <laughs> and, you know, I think it was, it, it's the, the curator, the host sets the tone, and, it, mm -hmm. and that vibe then goes through everyone. But I think just giving people permission to kind of um, kick back, like you don't have to, like when you are warm and you are welcome someone and you are cool to them, it inspires them to kind of pass that vibe on until the whole room is kind of just people like that. And um, since I started it in November 2019, I have seen a major shift in the LA music scene of uh, that vibe that I felt in Nashville at your event and others too around town. Um, like start to kind of come over to LA and now there's so many really cool artists, DIY curated run, uh, events where you don't feel like an outside, you walk right in and, and you're openly embraced. And because of you that, there's feel like cheers. It is totally like cheers. You want it to feel like that, dude. That's, that's how writers around LA felt at the last bar we got in particular. 
and people would always kind of uh, compare it to Cheers because you create a rapport with the regulars who are coming out and the semi-regulars and the bar staff's really into it. And so you just create this room of friends, a home away from home. And I'm sure you've experienced that as well. Yeah, like that was one of the things that when I first moved to Nashville, so I, uh, God, it was 2017 when I first moved here, I would go to these rounds and I forget where I first heard the term, but it was the term a horse loose in a hospital. And it was like, it was going to these shows that were just out of control and not like they were drunk or anything, but like there was no oversight in any way. Mm -hmm. And Nobody knew, are we running on time? Was I double booked? Uh, is this the right place? Nobody knew what the fuck was happening. And I remember hosting my first show and like over communicating everything. Here's the poster. Here's where we're going to post it. Please tag the people that are also playing. Tag the bar. Tag us. So we can all repost each other. And everyone's like, man, this is kind of overkill. And it works because everyone starts realizing, oh, we all kind of give a shit about this. Mm -hmm. We want it. We collectively want it to do well. And like I started it in a band, but the band dissolved shortly after tour stop, like started becoming a show. And it became so much more important to me to make it about the community as soon as the band broke up because I was like, man, people aren't here to hear just my music. They're here to hear their friends. They're here to be, like, they want to meet people. They want to be part of something that's bigger than them. And that's why it's so cool is because all of a sudden we're doing something that's not just about ourselves. Yeah. And God, that sounds altruistic and bullshit, but it's true. <laughs> it's so true. And that's, so that's really interesting. You said you started kind of as a band show and it kind of organically morphed into being what totally. it is now. Totally. Yeah. So for those of you watching in Los Angeles or maybe the Nashville fans who are watching right now that don't know the actual background, I was in a duo for Nashville tour stop, but before the tour stop started, uh, the band was playing as a house band at this place south of Nashville. And we were playing like four or five times a week. And the bar owners were like, Hey, you guys are here all the time. Anyways, you want to, you want to host a show? You can book an opening act. We'll give you free beer. And I was like, sure, that sounds great. I'm broke. I'd love free beer. And it just eventually grew into this whole thing of like, I really like booking my friends to play shows, but then you also get to look at it as man, if I get to book a writer's round, like three people before I play, that means three of my friends are going to be there to watch me play. Yeah. It's awesome. I, I think the format, why it like works so well, um, is it keeps the audience attentive for everyone, not just totally. their buddy they came to see. And so you create by nature of having three artists sharing the stage at the same time, you create um, a bigger spectacle. You're going to, naturally bring a big audience if every person brings five people uh you got 15 people watching a show and it's i can't tell you how many singer songwriter showcases or band band shows i've been to where it's like you see audiences literally herded in like cattle and herded out or yep. or that's just their natural thing i've seen it two ways in kind of pay to play in la where they like literally will not let you are there for that band. You come in to see a band and then you're ushered out and the new mm -hmm. bands come in for the next band, which creates no overlap, no cross pollination, no community building or, or it, it sucks. just, it sucks. Or it just happens like or, organically, unfortunately, where people are just there to see their buddy. They play to say, yeah. And then they go outside 
um, smoke cigarettes talk or, or even worse, they, they talk in a back room and it's really loud and you can hear them louder. <laughs> you can hear your, yourself on stage. So I, I've seen and been all that. And I just think the writer's round guards against all that. And uh, at the very least, if for 45 minutes, you know, all three groups of fans plus more for those who are coming to enjoy the whole show are there. Uh, and what has happened really organically using this format is people come and they stay for the whole show for the most part in LA. They're- yeah. And it's because they're not there. They are. Yeah. They're there for their friends, but it becomes more than that becomes like, it becomes like this thing like, man, yeah, I'm here for my bud, but like that guy sitting next to him is really good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden after the show, you go up to that guy and you're like, that song is pretty dope, man. And then you have a new friend. You have a new person. You have your new favorite artist. It happens all the time. And that's why, like, this is one of the things that you and I wanted to talk about, like, originally was the differences between the scenes. And I don't have a lot of experience in the L.A. scene, so you can uh, comment on this. But, like, one of the things that's so awesome about the Nashville music scene is how collaborative it is and, like, when we see our friends getting signed to these major record labels, these big publishing deals, whatever you want to call them, they like they take their little graduating class with them. And we're just like, oh, you got a big pub deal. You got a big record deal. All of my friends, you get to come write my songs with me. And then everybody gets signed together and you all just go through the ranks together. And that was like I visited L.A. like five, six years ago. And I didn't spend enough time there to get an actual vibe on the scene. But uh, I tried talking with people out there and seemed like some of the people that I was at least interacting with were completely disinterested in meeting somebody who wasn't like part of it. Yeah, I think there was that's how it was. Uh, People were closed off. And um, it was you would have these kind of. uh, Communities, whatever communities there were, whatever scenes there were, because it's such a huge city uh, compared to Nashville. So you have five <laughs> yeah, cities in joking. one, right? So, and people who live in a west side don't want to come on the east side and vice versa. And you have the San Fernando Valley of downtown LA. So you have these different hubs. And, um, but I have seen people make the effort to, to go all around the city now because of what you're describing. And yeah, one the reason I didn't like it is because people, you know, they didn't want you to come in and they wanted to very much su- succeed on their own terms and say, see you later. And it wasn't this that mentality you're describing of like, let's all rise together. Let's support each other now and later and and just see where it goes. And like music, the new music business 101, you know, is like build community, you know, and uh, that you're going to whether you're living in in uh anywhere usa small town america or you're in a major city major music market like build community and i th- i think i've seen uh more kind of um the downside is that when people build communities around themselves like as the performer as the artist and then you just kind of after a while you realize it wasn't really about the community so much it was about trying to build an audience for themselves um but I think the benefit of these curation shows, especially when when the people curating aren't performing very often, it does really create um, a true sense of community, and it's ever expanding. Uh, our the format, I think, of just just booking six artists a night. I mean, because you do even more. You do like four people in rounds. You do like 
like 12 I artists like a night 20, at least. I do, I do between 20 and 24 people a night. Oh, yeah. Well, that in itself is going to bring <laughs> constantly be bringing inviting people into that community. And they're going to make friends and go go see them at other shows and, and collaborate, as you're describing, with the songwriting and stuff like that. Um, and then we do... We have six curated and six are open. Actually, seven now. So we do. We have a hat okay. and we do a spontaneous kind of open mic com uh, component where after uh, the end of each featured round, the featured artists pick a name out of their hat to take their seat and we do a shorter open round. And That's that cool. is what constantly is bringing new people in, welcoming them in, giving them an opportunity, a chance to be seen and heard. Um, and that's why we don't need, we don't do any submissions or anything. It's just like, come and hang out and play. And even if you don't get to play, just the fact that you're hanging out is going to put you on our radar in terms of someone to consider to book. And certainly the more people come in, like if they don't get picked out of the hat, then I'm going to, you know, I'll say, oh, send me some music. Like, um, and so... That's been, I think, really crucial in just kind of expanding this this vibe, this good vibration of like, you know, let's lose the, lose the competitive edge and let's just like hang out and play music. And I've seen so many good things come from it uh, compared to the older model that was dominant in L.A. Like this is our mm -hmm. club. Uh, you got to work to get involved and uh, we're going to be the, the like, we're going to be the greatest. If you're not if. Yeah, if like. If if you have to ask how much a drink costs, you can't afford it kind of shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that's so cool about this this bubble, I don't even I hate using the term bubble because it's it's like a pejorative term and it sounds kind of dirty. <laughs> but like every time we have new people coming to tour stop, so uh to put it in perspective for those of you watching, hi con five two three music. I don't Greg, is this one of your uh, one of your pals out there con two five two three music i don't know but hi con hi nice to meet you but what happens is we have at least with nashville tour stop such a huge influx of people asking to play like i was going through our submission list and we've had over two thousand people submit to perform in the last few years which is just insanity and it's impossible to go through every single person and respond to every single person. So what I like to make clear, like off the bat, is that like if you're submitting to perform a show, that should not be the only thing you're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons Greg and I got off on such a great foot is because he and I recognized that if you want to be part of something, you have to be part of something. Totally. Contribute to something before you ask to receive. So... If you don't have the money to contribute to these giant shows, whatever, if you got $3 or in big city terms, $10 to spend <laughs> on a PBR, like go offer your time. Like tell, tell somebody on stage that you like their song, say hi to the host. Like it, there's, there's so much more to these communities than just having good music. So like when I'm, I meet new people every fucking day and what I tell these people is like the rule number one of Nashville is don't be a dick. Mm. You can have bad music, have no social media following. And if you are fun as hell to hang out with, you're going to be more included than you, these other people who have all this other shit. It's like, and it works the opposite way. If you have all of these things and you're an asshole, Nobody wants to be around you, which is why the collaboration is so important, because as soon as you start, like, 
even giving like, I hate calling it the bare minimum, like the bare minimum effort to be nice to somebody else and like to make them feel like a hot shot, they're going to return it back and be like, man, this guy came to my show. I should go to his show next time. It's like the psychological stuff. And, and what you'll find, the more you go out and do just that, what you're describing, you know, uh, be present and be open. It's actually requires less effort to be open and to, uh, you know, be cool to people than to be closed off in a dick. Because when you're closed off, like that's a mental, like you're literally closing. It's totally, it's all mental. Right. And when you're just open, you're ready to receive. And someone says anything to you, you just roll with it. And it's so much easier and it becomes this really good habit, um, to just do that wherever you go, whether you're in a grocery store or, you know, at an open mic or at a show, what, whatever it is. And I'll tell you on that trip where I met you when I went to Nashville, because uh, I used to be very closed off. I used to be a very you, closed off, cynical I remember, person. I remember like meeting you and it's like, God, this guy is such an L.A. guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. I am. Been here 13 years. Ain't ashamed of it. But uh, I was using that trip. It was a, my first solo cross-country trip and uh, first like solo vacation, three weeks on a road by myself. And Nashville is one of my stops, four days. And I was using the experience to really force myself to get out of my own head, to burst that bubble of self-interest and just like be ready to talk to anyone. And I remember after that trip, I gained all these skills. I came back to L.A. and I went to a radio station event, uh, this uh, radio station I love, 88.5 FM. DJ invited me to go to like, you know, a secret show thing. And... I just talked to like everyone and I felt so comfortable and so, so relaxed and so at ease versus how I used to feel this anxious kind of closed off, uh, hoping to get something out of it. I wonder what's going to happen, judging people, all that bullshit. And I kind of like was able to kind of shed so much of that in that trip uh, to Nashville and also seeing a music community that was like that really made me want to just break the mold that I felt that made me dislike LA and so many people dislike LA. I had uh, a, uh, a duo that uh, put their name in a hat last week for writers round on a Wednesday where she, she said they stuck around. I talked to her in the parking lot. She said they didn't get picked, but she said she stuck around because when they had one conversation with me, they're like, Oh, he's not an LA asshole. This isn't the typical mm-hmm. LA show. And so they immediately felt like welcomed and like, Oh, this is a good vibe. And like, that is, I think, the number one thing that these these uh, artists DIY shows cultivate that you're not going to get at a club because the clubs, the bookers aren't there. They might not even, the, the alleged promoter uh, lives in Palm <laughs> Springs, isn't even there for the show. Uh, the bartender's overwhelmed. They don't care. Uh, like, nobody cares. And, like, the best shows is someone cares. If not everybody. And what I found by caring myself and giving everyone, doing my best, just giving one great experience from the artist performing to anyone walking the door, doing my best to say what's up, that everyone kind of embraces that. And I have have so many amazing things where people would just be like, hey, I can run sound for you tonight. Or hey, let me help you carry stuff. Like, oh, you need to go to the bathroom? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll run. Like people just like volunteering to to help me execute what they see I'm trying to do. And that's grown into a team. And as for you too, you have a whole, you have a whole organization going, you know, we're just getting started. You know, I've just been learning how to 
invite people in who want to be involved and delegate tasks and, and let people uh, take some of that burden off my shoulders. But you have such a great team. Your producer is going to edit this podcast. You know, you have an on-air personality who's wonderful. You know, you have, you have interns and like, um, so you've really built it out from like this small community vibe to a complete company that is producing what shows every night of the week. And that's so we cool. Have, we do about 175 writers rounds or shows a year, which is bonkers thinking about like just the sheer volume of how many shows that is to produce a year. And I've, I've been just trying to put together like the math for it. Like I have spreadsheets galore, but like I book thousands of slots a year because I'm doing 25 slots a night sometimes. And if we're doing that four or five nights a week, like it, it just packs on so fast. So I don't have time to deal with the bullshit of somebody trying to be cool. Somebody trying to be like, I'm the next big thing. And it's like, I don't give a shit. Are you cool? Are, are we're you all the next nice big thing. Get with? in line. <laughs> yeah. Get in line. Take a number asshole. Like, God, it, it happens so much where these people roll in with this self-righteous, whatever you want to call it. And, and they think they're going to like top dog me. They're going to alpha dog me. And I just pat them on the shoulder and say, have a good night, bud. <laughs> and I'm not trying to belittle these people, but I'm trying to give them like an ego check of like, totally. we're like putting in perspective. So I'm talking like I've got a big honking thing, you know, right now, but like what I try to level is that we're all here at the same bar we're all playing the same stage i'm booking the stage you're playing none of us are at like a bigger level than the other person so check the ego at the door like if if you're booking the bridgestone arena or the nissan stadium here in nashville then you can have an <laughs> ego about it but if i'm booking a bar that has 50 capacity like bro turn it the fuck down <laughs> and, and like i said it's good practice because the best the best artists that i know the the ones who are winning grammys and working on working on that level of doing stadium tours they're all so humble and nice for the most part they in are. my experience and so i think it like i said it's it the habit starts starts young starts when you're just starting your career and then you take that humility up as you rise and that continues to inspire people to rally behind you and that will only help you because the ego is our own worst enemy always has been always will be and especially in LA I do the same thing um part of part of writers round is to oh I got CG CG price is right CG hey price thanks is right. brother <laughs> I saw a mention saw open mic's been fall on a conversation he came to writers round I'm glad you liked it dude come back man looking forward to hosting you again um, and to me, it was like, I wanted to kind of check the ego as well, because it runs rampant in Los Angeles and it's been normalized over the last few decades. And, um, like, I just wanted people to get used to just come, just be present just instead of demanding there. something. And uh, so many people want to just barge in like they're the best and like, Hey, you might very well be the best, but like, there's just... There's no point. That energy serves nobody. And um, I think by... I just deal with it by just not treating them like anyone else. I'm still going to 
give them the same amount of friendliness and energy that I'm going to give anyone mm. else. Very usually, I think the room and the vibe I set disarms that, and it kind of, you know, excuse me, uh, <laughs> what? drinking You're a beer, beer on, on this fine Sunday. <laughs> Cheers, by the way. Uh, Cheers, y'all. So it's like disarm that by just not even catering into it and just not even like recognizing it and it just kind of like it'll kind of melt away and um i've only seen on rare occasions people who are kind of so stuck in that headspace that they get like uncomfortable and like need to leave um or never come back um most people who come in with that attitude you know when i just don't treat them like they're the superstars they think they are and again very well might be one day who am i to say and that's why i want to treat everyone equally and uh, they kind of get it. They start to get it. And especially like when people submit to me, you know, they give me the, the list of validations and everything. And, and I get it. I've done the same thing and it's totally cool. Mm. And I just give everyone the same, same response. Hey, thanks for reaching out. Come hang sometime. I would love to meet you. And uh, most people take me up on that offer and uh, they come and they go, wow, I'm so glad I came tonight, even though I didn't play. This was so much fun. And when you just put yourself in a room with other like-minded individuals that are all working toward, excuse me, toward the same goal, good things happen. I mean, I've, I've seen so many good things happen just as a result of people hanging out together who all want to do music professionally. Absolutely. And that's why it's so cool that we get to do these collaborative projects. So we're on the Instagram live right now and we've got people listening in live. So if you are... Uh, listening live and you'd like us to answer questions about each of our respective scenes i know right now we have several of the uh, writers around la folks watching yeah i see evan so chandler if you'd like what's to up learn brother he just played what's recently up, dog? if you'd like to learn anything about the nashville music scene please send it in as a comment here and i'll do my best and if anybody from nashville here is watching right now as well i know i've seen a few folks pop in uh and ask about the la scene we would love to talk about uh what you guys are wondering uh because greg and i could ramble on for a long time we've had many conversations about this uh so if anybody is watching right now that has questions about uh, what what the different scenes are like because yes we both are hosting this collaborative writers round style show but obviously between California and Tennessee things are going to be different so if you do have questions please feel free to send them in and we'll answer them as they pop up but Greg while we are waiting for uh, these questions in the comments to pop up I would love to know uh, what was your first uh, Nashville experience that made you feel like you had something that you could come back to or was it that first Belcourt experience it was it was definitely oh we got Rudders on Fullerton just popped on Greg that's our newest chapter also led by a great musician named Greg uh yeah we're gonna have what's up Greg it's gonna be our sixth chapter uh across the country and and our Oh, would you please tell us uh, what the uh, different chapters you host are? So I know there's several different places that Writers Around uh, Your Baby is doing stuff. And Catherine DaCosta, we will answer this question as soon as Greg answers this. Yeah, so Writers Around, uh, I think we'll have eight chapters by the end of the year at least because we have two more popping up in California alone. But currently, so Writers Around LA, which I've been hosting since November 2019, is the founding chapter. And uh, that has inspired Writers Around San Diego, which is quite popular down there. Uh, Writers Around Knoxville, also not too far from Nashville. 
Uh, so if anyone watching, uh, follow Writers Around Knoxville. That's a great event run by oh, it's an all-female chapter. I love what they're doing. Uh, and then love we have that. Writers Around uh, New Jersey and um, Writers Around Orange County. And then you see Writers Around Fullerton. Um, so uh, the, the kind of idea behind it is uh, we're kind of a, we're a nonprofit organization. We're going to become official very shortly. And um, we're just taking a nonprofit approach to music and creating a network that artists can, can tour on, uh, especially in Southern California, up and down the coast. Um, and, you know, I think nationwide just introduce this really cool format and these communities that have been so successful in connecting so many people just by doing this show. Um, and every chapter is, is hosted. It's run by a different artist, different people. I don't really do, uh, I don't do anything outside of Writers Around LA and I don't tell people to do. I'm just like, it's just more of like, we talk, we exchange information. I'm here for support whatever they need, but I don't like, you know, I have my chapter, they have their chapter, and then we work together uh, for the common good of the overall organization. So it's it's just been ha building, happening organically, and it all started from Ben Grace, who founded Writers Around San Diego, going, coming up to LA, playing, going, wow, I wish uh, this was happening in San Diego. There's nothing like this. We're just stuck playing cover gigs everywhere. I said, hey, man, why don't you start one? he said, really? I said, yeah, start a writer's round. Like, we, we, you can be another chapter, and you can use a logo. And he's kind of become my, like, executive partner as we try cool. to make a national nonprofit. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell. Cool. Well, we've got a couple of questions popping up in the uh, thread here. Yeah. So let's just take these as they're coming through. So the, at the very top here in the comments, we have one from at Catherine.com. De Costa, which I assume is uh, De Costa, uh, asking what do you rec or what do record labels look for, and do your numbers of followers matter? Um, I will I will say two things here from at least my perspective. So the Nashville scene with um, what like obviously record labels are looking for, uh, it's kind of two pronged. Yes, numbers do matter. Un that's the unfortunate reality. But on the flip side of it is uh, the numbers that matter are uh, highly variable. So if a record label sees the potential for you to make them money and they see the growth curve uh, happening, uh, they'll sign you. So for example, um, I've seen people, and one of the things that Nashville Tour Stop does is to track our uh, performers' like followings. We want to follow along with you to see how you're growing. Not necessarily like in respect to playing our shows, but like I want to see how the people who are be who've been part of our shows are growing as it happens. So we see these numbers happen, and then you can have a thousand, eleven hundred, maybe two thousand followers on Instagram, and then you have one viral video, and boom, you have ten thousand. Those are very realistic numbers because. Once you start having, it's a certain like, I, I hate calling it like ad space, but uh, with these people that are watching your content, if a record label can monetize that, they will. So there's people that have definitely, and Greg, I know you have seen these people who have fake followings, like they'll have 90,000.1. And it's like, you definitely bought 90,000 followers. <laughs> like... Because you, you click that. on a post and you see it has, you know, 100 likes or something. Something that's yeah, like and way disproportionate that's... with how many followers they have. <laughs> um, 
What I think the biggest thing to look at is consistency. So, for example, one of Nashville tour stops, if not the biggest, uh, Taylor Gale, she just goes by Gale, had the ABCDEFU song. Mm. She's one of ours. Oh, nice. And that that's a perfect example of she had maybe 10 people at her shows and then out of nowhere just boom. 75,000 people opening up for Taylor Swift like that's how it happens. There's I feel like there's there's a very short line between making no money and making tons of money, <laughs> which is sad. Well, depending on but, but depending on the deal, right? Yeah, depending on the deal. Uh but on the flip side of that, uh one of our most regular like consistently amazing performers, his name is John Hollier or Hollier, I think it's New Orleans pronounced French. Um, but he's been playing for Tour Stop for six years now. And he's always been like just good dude, nice, wants to hang out, wants to have a couple of beers. And he is just the, he's like a golden retriever. He's like, the, he's like, a, he's just a good boy. <laughs> and like he has, I think, 3,000 followers on Instagram and maybe a thousand on TikTok. And like, um, I'm looking at his, I'll look up his Spotify following right now, but like he has got just very moderate numbers. He's got 4,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. So Catherine, if you're listening to this still, moderate numbers, consistent numbers across the board are what I think record labels are honestly looking for because John Hollier is getting signed to a spoiler what I would only assume is a big record deal because he's just relentless with what he does. He is road dogging it. He is constantly performing. He is constantly putting out music. He is constantly promoting the music that he's doing live and uh, behind the scenes. And these record labels start to notice it's like somebody who's just not giving up and uh, he's now on the road with a band called the old 97s and he got, I think it's yeah. like a 30 city tour with them. And it's things like that that start to compile. So that's why I recommend all these kids, God are signing up for the voice and American idol and America's got talent. These things that will skyrocket them for a second, but then it plateaus back down to the bottom of that L curve because there's nobody actively engaging with it. So if you can offer active engagement and consistent numbers, Catherine, I think that is the most amazing thing a record label would be looking for. So if you can present just consistency, you will find more success than these giant highs and these bad lows. Um, I think that's a great answer. And uh, I'll just add quickly that I've also seen artists who have like, you know, 6,000, 7,000 Instagram followers. And, you know, I think Spotify numbers are more important. They uh, are. People who are listening, YouTube views, stuff like that. But uh, a friend of mine or, uh, or an artist I play with uh, uh, in a in an artist collective that does really cool shows, they just got signed to Warner Brothers recently and they're on a major tour and playing major festivals and they've just been consistently awesome. Uh, and as what you said, never gave up, but they also weren't like so kind of they weren't the average, you know, they weren't so hungry. They weren't on TikTok every day. And in fact, it, you know, I think they kind of, that was their least favorite part of it, but they just made great music and kept doing it toward, you know, so I think at the end of the day, whether it's a manager or a record label, anyone who wants to be in business with you wants to be in business with someone who can do the work. 
And uh, whenever that moment happens, as Aaron's describing, and you launch to the next level, like that's when you're going to be overwhelmed with work. So you got to be ready to do that work now. And I think that consistency reflects that. And that's uh, another major thing that anyone in the business industry, whatever, at all levels is looking for. Um, okay, so we have, let's move on to the next question. Yeah. Blue House Band Official. Uh, they are a promoter, another show here in Nashville, I believe, asking for the LA point of view. For artists that get booked on your rounds, Greg, uh, what are some of the best practices for making them, or making them to make the most out of it and also stand out both on and off stage? I can sum it up in, in two words. Be cool. Give it. Be cool. Be cool. <laughs> and I don't mean like act cool. I mean like be cool. Because I, I think like there's a, like we were talking about that LA attitude and the hotshot attitude. Like that's when you're acting cool. That's when you're trying to be cool. That's when you think you're cool. But like when you're just being cool, you're being present. You're open heart, open mind. And uh, you're just having, you're having a great experience that is giving everyone else a great experience. And, um, you know, a good song, good performance, you know, the artists that silence the room. Com I mean, our room is really, it's a really good listening room, but you know, sometimes it gets, you know, depending on a night can be a little rowdier and some people chit chatting in the back and not everyone paying as close attention as others. But like the artists I've seen that come in and just get everyone to shut the hell up and drop everything and pay attention. <laughs> they're just really good. They're, uh, you know, the song's great. Voice is great. Presentation is great. Uh, they're confident, uh, but usually not arrogant and, um, lose the ego, basically lose the ego and just play. And it's just like, just shine. So I, I would just sum it up as be cool. And like, for us, like most people are, would say like once, if you're booked to play writers around, that means we already know you, we already like you, we think you're cool and we know you're going to be great. Um, it's usually people who are coming to hang out, putting their name in a hat. Um, and a lot of people are thinking, oh, this is like my audition to do shows here, get more involved. I don't really think it is necessarily. I think, you know, we book who we book. And sometimes I see someone incredible and I forget to follow up with them. And it might be three months later. I'm like, <laughs> oh, hey, thing. can you come play? Or like, like they'll come again. I'm like, oh, you were fantastic last time. You, do you want to do a featured round? But I think the night overall, our night, and I think all nights, all songwriter nights, everything happening in a very small, you know, level is really the connections you get, uh, not necessarily from playing. You might get seen and heard and someone might love you and say, oh, come play my show. Or I've seen managers come and sign people who've played. Um, but more so, the, the true, really meaningful things that happen are happening offstage. Uh, they're happening in the conversations at the bar. The conversations, um, you know, just talk about the music. Twenty-three hours a day that are happening before you get on stage. There, that forty-five minutes that you're performing is so—I don't want to call it unimportant, but it's so small comparatively to the rest of the time that you spend trying to be the artist. Yes, and in particular, like writers' round, like is an environment where you can drop it all and just be. That's what we try to cultivate, and so like. I've seen so many incredible friendships, collaborations, artists playing together, writing together, forming bands, uh, giving each other... Man, I've had people getting married that have met at my show. It's crazy. And I think that's just what happens when you just create a space where people can be comfortable to connect. 
And yep. that connection has, was, has always been to me the most important thing about it. And so it's not about standing out. It's about getting the most out of your experience for you. And that is to be real, to be cool. And whatever's going to happen will happen as a result of that. And the more open, friendly you are, the more people you say hi to and embrace them who say hi to you. Like that's when shit happens. And I could talk all day about examples, <laughs> but I do want to move on to Kara Frazier who said, what genres tend to be the most prevalent at writers around LA? Curious how that compares to Nashville. And I would say we get, um, we get everything. I think I've had every genre. I've had hip hop. I've even had spoken word. I'd have, I've had people do acapella, just singing. Wow. Um, we've, I had like a, a head, like, a band that I would compare to like Tool, like kind of hard progressive rock come and play. Um, but it's, you know, I think the point of Writers on LA is that whatever the genre is, like we allow people to do tracks. Uh, we, we do too. Yeah, acoustic, uh, acoustic, electric, piano, whatever. I want to book this artist I met who, uh, who plays the harp. We've had a harpist before. But I, I think at the end of the day, it's distill the song into the song let the song shine it's not about the production don't worry about the uh arrangement of all the other instruments just play the song and every song should be able to play on an instrument straight through uh, i can't imagine a song that you can't do that um so it's just the point is to strip down to the bare minimum of the, of the song regardless of genre play that um and use it to kind of work on your stage presence, your comfortability, your craftsmanship. Cause it's like every time you get on stage is an opportunity to kind of continue refining yourself and what you're aware of as an artist when you're playing and to, to learn how to let go and just relax. Yep. Just, just chilling out. And because what, one of the things that hasn't been asked, but I would like to make a point of is I'm sure you've seen it at writers around LA where uh, I think you were talking about it when we first signed on is people will come for the show and they'll immediately leave. Yeah. Like they'll play and they'll immediately hate leave. it. And people will ask me, I, it happened two days ago. I had a guy call me, Hey, how do I get people to come to my shows? And I was like, well, do you ask them to show up? <laughs> One, are you asking your friends to come? No. Okay. Well, there's your number one reason, but also like is, is there a greater reason for why you're doing this or is it for self glory? Yeah. Are you only trying to get people to, to think you're cool because nobody gives a shit. Yeah, We're all trying to be something. So if we can all be something together, I think it's uh, more, more validating, but uh, let's see. Kimmy cat slays is asking, uh, she said, I've been to a few writers rounds just to hang out and the scene is really refreshing. Uh, Kimmy, are you from Nashville or from LA? If you're still watching, uh, answer that in the comments but she said i haven't submitted myself but eventually i'd like to what is the best way to prepare and is it limited to a pa assuming that oh she says is it limited to a particular genre so uh that's something we were just talking about uh for both of our shows it sounds like greg you can correct me if i'm wrong uh no it's not like real like specific to genre and kimmy just uh commented back la excuse me that was a typo um no my 
my show in Nashville is not exclusive to genre at all. Uh, personally, I don't love country music. I know I'm living in the country music capital of the world. I don't love listening to it. The first show that I ever booked and sold out had three non-country acts and then closed with a country band. The biggest show up until not too long ago that I had ever sold out was all hip-hop. There is a huge market for non-country acts, and especially in Nashville, people are like, oh, I gotta be a country singer mm -hmm. to be popular. No, you don't. If you give a if you give a shit about what you're doing, people will feel that. And the point I was just trying to make, uh, if you're playing a show, and I guess this would probably apply to LA, Greg, is if you're playing a show and you perform, you play at seven o'clock. You're there at 6.59. You hop on stage at 7 o'clock. You leave at 8.01. Why the fuck were you there? Yeah. You didn't want to be there. How can you expect an audience to want to be there if you, the yeah. performer, don't even want to be at your gig? It's so true. You, you got to want to be there and be there in the moment for your show and to stick around and take full advantage to meet and, and enjoy other people and get inspired by the other bands after you. Or... It, it can be the opposite where you're like, I don't want to do that. I see what they're doing. I don't like it. There's all sorts of reasons to stick around, hang out and uh, watch and listen to other people um, and also take the time to connect. And um, yeah, that that whole like, how do you get people to your shows? And it's like, well, yes, invite people, but also like, are you yourself giving to people your time and presence? Because like on a local market, people are going to notice that and they'll be more apt mm -hmm. to come to your shows if they see that you are supporting uh, other artists, the community. And, but I say, don't do it with that in mind. You know, it's, it's very transparent when people do that, that transaction. <laughs> yeah, I came to your show, will you come to my show? Well, I'm busy that day, so I don't know. Um, but like, um, yeah, to, and just to answer the question, eventually I'd like to submit what's the best way to prepare. Um, I don't, there's really no way to prepare. I'd say just be, just be like- Tune your guitar. Huh? Tune your guitar. Tune your guitar. Tune your guitar. Know where the volume knob is, but also I just like <laughs> you know when you're ready for that because you know what ha what we do is because I bring in the best singer songwriters I know and I know a lot of them and we get great touring acts from Nashville among other major music market uh, markets and so the the bar is set very high uh, in the opening round in the featured talent and uh, so if you're just uh, looking to get involved, a lot of people when I say did you put your name in a hat they say oh no not tonight. I'm kind of checking out or, you know, I'm still, you know, working up to it because they see the talent that I'm bringing in. So if you don't, you know, if you don't, you know, aren't at that level or close to it, um, it, it kind of deters it naturally. But I would just say whenever you're comfortable, whenever, whenever you're feeling it, whenever you feel like it's the right show and showcase for you, um, yeah, especially if you've been there, hit me up, you know, thing. because, um, what, what, when new people move to Nashville and I meet them and I'm trying to explain to them about like how to play, how to get involved, because I get new people in town asking all the time because I book it. I, I can book 20 different venues in Nashville. It's incredible. They're like, how do I play? How do I get involved? And um, one of the things I want to make sure that when somebody's playing, my job as a promoter is that you, the performer, like the place that you're playing. Mm -hmm. If you don't care about where you're playing, why you can't expect a, a 
an audience member to want to go there if you don't believe in the place that you're playing at. And you can, if you're a, if you're good at it and you want to bullshit people, oh, I fucking love this bar, man. They might buy into it, but like kind of Greg, like you said, people can kind of smell, smell the shit. I think so. On social media and in person, I think people are very clever and they see right through it. And I think that's, you bring up a good point that I've thought about. Uh, and I used to be starting out because I was kind of just like depressed and insecure about it. But it's like back in like 2016 of like, if you're not advertising and reflecting that you're having a good time through what you're doing, through your shows you're playing and attending, how do you expect anyone else to want to come? <laughs> and like, I would see really like self, uh, what do they call it? Self-deprecating. Uh, mm -hmm. posts on Facebook of uh, just like these memes of like making fun of how no one comes to like a, a local a local music show or something and uh, kind of complaining and you know a lot of people complaining no one's coming to my shows blah 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 well if they just see you complaining and you're kind of making fun of how no one comes to shows or you're just then going don't or you're come. posting like show tonight you know five hours before the show like who cares like you, you have to make people want to care and I've always thought the solution for that, like, I just think there's been like two decades in LA in particular of people not caring, uh, the, the general residential population that is not a musician that would love a great musical experience, sees everyone talking about it so negatively and going, come to my show, be there, be square, you know, some kind of lame uh, thing that doesn't really, you know, get you stoked and jazz to come to the show, uh, aka lazy bare minimum promoting like i have a show come you know and it's like well make people want to come and i think um i think like that comes off in first and foremost that emanates from you and what you post what you share and i've always thought that if we get the music community stoked uh and excited to be there and to whether or not they're performing that's going to eventually spread out to the rest of the community you know, because they'll see their friends sharing stories, posing for photos, having a great time. And then when you see other people having a great time, you'll want to come. So definitely whenever, like, that was one of the secrets. Just have a great time and more people want to get involved to come out to have a great time. Okay, so, oh God, I want—I have a thousand things I want to say, but Kira Frazier asked another question. In both of your opinions, what are some ways to craft an email and or tweak a band or an artist EPK to stand out to promoters when reaching out to land opening slots for larger acts? So, Kira, from my perspective, I have actually put out a few episodes of my own podcast, the Nashville Tour Stop podcast, about how to craft a good booking email. And there are a lot of things that you can include in an email that might seem good, seem in quotations. Um, the best, best booking emails. Um, I can't use my phone as a description because we're on Instagram Live, but the best booking emails can be read in one phone screen's length. And Greg, I don't know if I had gotten to even talk to you about this, but I book so many spots. It's it's hard to it's hard to go deep into a submission. So, uh, for example, 
a couple of days ago, I was training one of our Nashville tour stop interns how to review submissions for shows. People who are interested in playing rounds, band showcases, cover gigs, anything, whatever the kind of gig that you're looking for, uh, very baseline. And this has nothing to do with your statistics, the quality of your music. It has nothing to do with any of that. Uh, but what people like myself, and I've talked to lots of other talent buyers, concert promoters, booking agents, whatever, um, one of the things we all look for are short, sweet, and to the point. Because if you can make my job easier... I'm more inclined to want to work with you. So when I say make my job easier, um, in a subject line of an email, you can say, we'll use Kara as an example. Kara Frazier, Nashville artist, booking uh, September 10th through 15th. And then that gives me, the person you're trying to book with, an immediate, like, okay, I can go to my calendar. Boop. Do I have any links? Or do I have any shows available in that window? And then if I do, then I can go to your links and see like, okay, do I like your music? Can you fit into this lineup, et cetera? So if you start so simply as saying, this is the window I am trying to book in, you've made my job so much easier because what I don't want to do is the five emails back and forth. Oh, well, I don't have anything on September 3rd. Are you open September 5th or 6th? And you're like, oh, well, no, I'm free the 7th and 8th. And I'm like, oh, well, shit, I don't have anything on the 7th. No, tell me when you're available. And it cuts all of the bullshit out. And then I immediately know where to go on my calendar. And then I can find out to figure out if you as an artist are a good fit into a lineup. So for everybody listening to this, there's a thousand other things that I say in the actual episode of the podcast, how to write a good booking email. Go listen to that because I say a bunch. <laughs> Greg, uh, please, please well, speak to was, your knowledge. That though. was educational for me too, because I'm a professional <laughs> writer by trade. And sometimes that uh, goes to my emails, which is not good. And short and sweet is the way to go. That's when people, when I book people, um, for the record, is mainly just touring artists. I don't book anyone locally that I don't know already. And so the only people, the only submissions I really take seriously uh, for Writers Around LA and other shows I book are touring artists or artists that I've met there uh, had a face-to-face -face interaction with first. Um, but definitely... Um, and I'll tell you why, because what you were saying, Aaron, earlier about people who show up, play and leave the few times I've been like, okay, I'll book this person and reach out to me. I never met. They do just that. And I'm like, that was a waste of your time <laughs> and my time, our time. You came, you played and then you left. And it's just like, you didn't like, this is a hang. This is a community hang. So we're, we're, this isn't about, this isn't a talent show, you know? And uh, it's kind of, that's kind of like baked into it. But um, yeah, short and sweet. The ones who, yeah, make it easy. And it's almost like, even though I'm like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't take submissions. If it's a really good email, I'm like, oh shit, okay, I'll take it. You know, you never know, like if I, like I, anybody, if they have a, if they're in a right, if they're sitting around bumming around, then they can press a link on your music. And, um, or so, and I would also add just like, a few in in that short and sweet format like some type of validation i think is usually the, the, the credentials the, the credentials press quotes, you know hey i played this festival and blah 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 
Um, not everyone's going to have that. Uh, it doesn't necessarily matter, but certainly, you know, like anyone else, it'll, it'll pique my interest and I might take it more seriously. And sometimes the, the, those credentials are, I don't care for, and it doesn't impact it at all. But I think you, in that short and sweet. I've played the hotel cafe. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. You and 10,000 million other people. Um, but I, it's funny. I get those. Oh yeah. Yeah. I get that. Well, that's that's one of LA's, you know, longest standing venues of of especially for the singer-songwriter world. I think they've been open at least two decades, 20 some years. And um that was right down the street from where we were doing Writers Round in Hollywood in North End. Um yeah, yeah, I played a troubadour, I did this, I did that. And I would say give relevant credentials. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would. If I told you that I had played at the Commodore Grill, that means nothing <laughs> to you. Yeah, I'd be like, what? <laughs> it's true. Um, one of the things for submission emails or whatever way an artist is submitting that I would also recommend, um, not everybody has Spotify or Apple Music. Mm. I highly recommend using a hyperlink in your email to to yeah Everything. sure give spotify apple music give a paywall free submission that includes a way to listen to your music my number one way to listen to music that does not include a paywall is either youtube or soundcloud because you don't want to limit yourself hey here's my spotify link and then the booker is looking at it. Click. Oh, shit. I don't have a Spotify account. I yeah. can't listen to this. Next. You can't even listen to it. It, it sends you to like a different song. It's crazy. That's why yep. I hate Spotify. Honestly, that's why like that. That thing I think is so pointless. And it's like infuriating when someone's like, here's my song. And then it like doesn't even like or plays a snippet. I think it's crazy that Spotify the is a technically free preview. platform and you can't just listen to the song. Uh so yeah, so yeah, that's a great a paywall free way to listen to the music. Is like there's there's I've I've gotten it so many times. Also, I swear to God. Um, so I was just talking about reviewing submissions with my intern, and she and I were going through different people asking to play shows, and they were sending me links to their websites that weren't active. Mm. They were sending me links to their Spotify profiles that had no music. And I'm like the fuck am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> and uh, she was asking me, she's like, so if I get a submission that doesn't have an active website and there's no Spotify music on this link, what do I do? And I was like, Disregard. next, yeah. click, next. It's like, don't go down the rabbit hole looking for something that somebody hasn't yeah. presented to you. Yeah. Yeah, somebody make it easy. Salt, Greg Gilman, Greg in good company, whatever you want to call it, is going to send a link. Here's the music. One click, it plays. Yeah. Yeah, check your links. Make, That's another great, job easy. another great piece of <laughs> advice. Same when you send your newsletter out. Check that newsletter. Make sure those links are working. Um, absolutely and i'll tell you that's sure all of your link tree works that's why i as as a curator and granted i'm not working at the level that you're working at aaron i don't do barely any ticketed shows uh and I, i'm more invested in my own career at this point of myself booking myself <laughs> greg and good company for shows than just sitting around so i don't i don't pay attention to most submissions and i purposely avoid i don't offer a submissions link uh i don't care for submissions because I just, I'm busy. I don't have time for that. And it's just not something I want to spend my time doing. So 
I very, when I started, I very like intentionally, like knowing how I like to operate. I hate paperwork. I hate submissions. I don't like email. I don't like social media. So <laughs> I'm like reading a book and watching a documentary or out playing or hanging with friends or enjoying what the time with my like wife. What hanging out. And so, yeah, I cut that. I just was like, I got to know you. And I know so many artists because I meet them constantly as a regular, as a professional artist or because through the hat or just going to shows, hanging out at the grocery store, who knows? So it's like, I just made a decision to be like, it's all about who I know. And if you want to get involved, as we were saying at the beginning of this conversation, come get involved. Because I get that message a lot. Hey, I see what you're doing. I love what you're doing. I've been following along. I'd love to get involved. You know, here's some, my EPK, I'd love to get booked sometime. And again, it's like, well, just come hang sometime, you know, and that's it. That's it. And Be it's like, something. I don't think it's very much to ask. And it's also like, if you don't want to come hang, that's cool too. Life's busy. I get yeah. it. We like, um, if this makes sense for you to come and hang out and check out this community, you're probably going to love it and want to come back. Um, you're probably going to eventually get a, a spot in a featured round. Um, but like, I think it has to just make sense for you. And a beautiful thing about the LA music scene and the Nashville music scene and most around the country is there, there is no shortage of opportunity, especially as the kind of DIY artist run showcase bug continues to spread. Uh, and artists continue to have all the tools in their hands. They don't need a major label. They don't need a management company. They don't need a booker. They can, they can just do it. And that is creating so many cool opportunities and not just writers round is not paid. It's completely free. I don't get paid. Nobody gets paid. Uh, but like other chapters do like tips. And when I went down and played like writers around San Diego, people chipped in for tips for the feature round. And I made 70 to a hundred dollars in the past times I've gone down there through tips. That's awesome. And so like people are finding ways to support artists monetarily as well. And, um, you know, I've, I've been to a lot of DIY shows that are paid. I just played one of the biggest DIY shows, uh, in Los Angeles called the Penmar Sunset Sessions. It's every Friday during the summer at the Penmar Golf Course. And the guy who runs it, Max Dean, literally started it uh, just playing by himself at the Penmar Golf Course before the pandemic every Friday and then invited his musician friends. And now that's a really great paid gig that attracts a thousand plus people every Friday. It's awesome. And that's a DIY show. That is, he, this guy, like, like Aaron, started very organically and then it became its own thing. But he's not you know, uh, a professional, uh, by any means, or he is now, but it, like, he just did it. And I tell you, it's the, it's, you're never going to see anything else like it in Los Angeles. It's amazing. I felt like I was at mini Coachella. Like there was a thousand people there on the grass and I, I got to play music to them and bands every week. And it was just like, wow, this all started from an artist just doing a damn thing. Just doing it to, because they gave a shit. Because they give a shit and they wanted to do it. And the community has rallied behind it in a way I've never seen anywhere else uh, in L.A. or SoCal, for that matter, rally behind. With the exception of maybe like the kind of summer community, like the Chamber of Commerce of Redondo Beach is going to organize a peer <laughs> concert. And those get are well attended, cool stuff, too. But for just like a totally independent musician, the Penmar Sunset Sessions was one of the coolest things i've ever been to got to play roy delasno just popped on that is the head of uh writers on new jersey 
and Rory Delasno. I think I follow you. He he's the man. Uh, he, he this guy. What I love about Rory, and he was a perfect guy to start a, a writers round. And I wanted him to start one before he even knew he was going to start one. I just didn't want to scare him away, but because he's doing everything we're talking about, he shows up, hangs out, is amazingly talented, super cool, laid back, uh, and he also is just like a networking king. He has his own weekly songwriter round show on Instagram. He tours the country completely DIY by himself, and he's just continually growing consistently. And uh, oh, we have Eric Nilsson from Writers Around San Diego. What's up, brother? Man, we and, got a we got a whole squad on here now. Yeah, and so <laughs> Rory is is tours the country on his network that he creates doing just this, and through through hanging out at shows and not just playing and bailing, he's gonna get to know whoever he can because he understands the value of. Uh, of that network man this is I've, I've had such a great time talking to you i feel like we could talk for about six more hours <laughs> yeah anyone on here any more questions i don't know yes if anybody would like to send in a couple of last minute questions here on the uh, the instagram uh live comment section here we've got time for a couple of more questions here but greg i think what we should just say is that we need to do this again we've had a lot of response i here. think we so too to, this was to super fun town hall too baby yeah and and i think uh this should just become a regular feature of the of the writers round community as well doing these sunday night hangs with aaron and many more people um and i just want to say eric nielsen nielsen is uh he uh before he kind of joined forces writers around san diego he was doing his own thing he was doing uh, an open mic he was doing. A th he has a thing called the Dharma Den sessions, where he uh, does these songwriter showcases just to film. Um, I don't think he even charges artists for it, and he just uh, another guy who kind of like gets it. And like, what's cool about whether it's Nashville Tour Stop, Writers Round, or some other entity, as long as it's rooted in community and um, giving people an opportunity to connect uh, over live music, I've seen it grow. And yes, duos can perform writers round. Um, yes, they definitely can. And uh, I—that's how I've seen everything get better from any music scene, and historically too. Historically, you look at any great legendary music scene. I think it all starts with having a hub for in-person connection and community. And um, I think when stuff is dictated by money, uh, dictated by numbers. Uh, it's never going to be as good. And, um, what's up, Nick Rifkin? I see you there. Nick Rifkin <laughs> also runs, uh, Writers on New Jersey. Um, yeah, just like whatever you're doing in your music community, just make it truly about community. And I, I just find everything takes care of itself. Like I, I just show up, hang out, do it, do my best. And I've just seen it, you know, we're growing more chapters on the country. Here I'm talking to you, a curator and organizer, a CEO of a, of a flourishing company that I really respect. Um, and so it's just like, just do it and just, just host it. Start, start the damn thing. And, you know, it's like we're, we're seeing then these people come together as we're doing right now. And we're in, we're 2,000 miles away from each other. And we can have this great connection. and. Also, too, I'll say, like, when I go to Nashville, 
the first time I went there, I wasn't really concerned about playing. I was concerned about meeting people like Aaron so that when I went back next time, I had a relationship with Aaron and say, hey, I'm coming. And then you booked and me I, no problem. I immediately booked you. Yeah. And then it's like <laughs> you you go and then it leads to the next thing. And you use that as I can use that as validation if I want to reach out to other um, use that as my credentials to other. Hey, I play Nashville tour stop every time I come from L.A. looking for other rounds to play. You know, people are going to know Nashville tour stop. And like, oh, OK, vetted. He played now. We know immediately. Yeah, we know Aaron is going to book good people so that we're going to. And I do the same thing. Like if they played uh, a writer's round, something I've heard of, I'm just like vetted. I don't need to listen to music. I know you're good. If you're playing a you quality know, showcase, I know you're good. Yep. And you know that you're not an asshole. That's that's the thing. It's like if you play these if you play these shows, you know that like this guy's probably not going to be a dick to work with. Yeah. And then there might be some shows where I might go, hmm, because you might have that <laughs> reputation attached to it. I don't know. There might be well, some. Uh, we've, we've done it. We've covered so much, but let's definitely do this again. I would like to send uh, the listeners here, maybe those of you just tuning in, uh, I would like to offer one more little nugget of wisdom. Um, I'm sitting in front of my computer here, and I've got the gigantic tour stop calendar open right now. And I just had somebody respond to a uh, to an email three weeks late asking, like, they had requested to play. I offered them a show. And now three weeks later, they're responding saying, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> and I immediately responded saying, that slot's been filled. Sorry. So the uh, moral of the story here is if you get a message and you see it, do not leave me on read. Yeah. Because I will book that slot like that there are a thousand people waiting ahead of you if you do not capitalize on an opportunity as soon as it's presented to you somebody is going to take that spot yeah and then also too it makes you less inclined to offer them future opportunity because you could just have, it does because just they have, ignored me yeah you could just have easily <laughs> been like oh that spot got taken but how about you know x xyz dates but because there's that three weeks difference where you're like well you don't really care you know you must not care too much and we're talking about you know, we want to care as curators, as 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 show producers, as hosts. So we want people who care as the as the talent, because if you don't care, what is the point? And yeah. uh, so I, I just think that's also my final piece of wisdom is just care, care about your craft, care about uh, how you treat people, care about uh, your own career, care about building community. And, you know, if you care you're a person who cares and not cares about what other people are doing like that's a different kind of caring i mean like caring uh caring about what other people are doing versus caring about being present are two different things right and one is negative one is positive and so if you just care about what you're doing enough to be present and engage with those who are also doing it and doing it with you that's going to lead you that's where i've all i've ever got like from the biggest festival I've ever played to getting on a radio. Like it all comes from caring and building relationships. And when people see you care, they're going to care. They're going to care that you care. Like I love when people care about writers round. It's just like you care. Oh, fantastic. I want people who care. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, when people want to start chapters, other people, not everyone gets to start a chapter. I have to feel like you care. I have to feel like you want to do it. And like, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You got to care. You have to care more about it than yourself. 
Uh, you have to care more about it than the money. Yeah, it can't be about the money. And I don't think it can't be. I don't think an artist career can be about the money either, because whether you're building a, a community showcase or a restaurant or your your music, it's all brand building. And like, I do think like caring enough to just give people great experience and a great time and a great product will yield money. And if you invest in the caring early on, that lifts it to a point. The money comes organically. Uh, but if you if you go into it caring about the money, and Rick Rubin talks about this in his book on creativity. Um, Only one of the most successful record producers of all time. Yeah. It, like when you think <laughs> the result, the, it, the perceived or desired result becomes an obstacle to the creation. And so that's going to comes in matter of the writing process, the performing process, the artist branding, like you just must care and everything will organically grow, you know, nurture the root and, and the fruit grows. And so that, that's just my thing. Just care. And just people, care. people care when you care, they tell when you care and good things will come to those who care. Absolutely. Well, Greg, this has been a wonderfully informative night tonight. Yeah, man. It was super fun. Y'all, thank you for uh, tuning in to this episode of the Town Hall. Uh, for those of you listening right here at the end, we will be releasing the full Instagram live as an episode of the Nashville Tour Stop podcast. If you would like to tune in and listen to what we talked about early, uh, we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. I know somebody commented here right at the end, what did we cover tonight? And the answer is a lot. <laughs> so if you'd like to listen to the whole thing, we'll have this episode up on the Nashville Tour Stop podcast next week. Um, Greg, is there any last little bits you'd like to say? Give give people your plugs. I know they can see you right now on the Instagram live, but uh, how about for the uh, the continuity's sake, post-production? Well... Just, just know that Riders Run is every Wednesday in Silver Lake at this wonderful bar and restaurant called Ivanhoe, and it runs from 7 to 11, and we have seven, uh, seven chances to be picked from the hat, and again, it's not about necessarily playing. Just come and hang, and you will meet lots of cool people, but uh, you know, I, I just look forward to doing this again, Aaron. I think this is really cool, and the more... I, I love Riders Round also... It, it has become a, a portal to connect not only with people in the LA music scene, but beyond. And we've hosted so many Nashville artists. And like, I know people have told me, oh, I met someone, I'm going to play in Nashville because I met them at Riders Around LA, or I'm going to play San Diego, uh, I'm going to play Knoxville. Like that trade, I think is so valuable as we, I think as the music industry cannot serve and profit off of the all the talent that is able to do this right. now and i think we're going to see uh the kind of music industry as it was continue to kind of implode a little bit and you're going to see that kind of middle of the road artist uh who can make a healthy living and the more we create this infrastructure through just these community shows these community hangs on instagram in person uh the more we're creating opportunity for um i think the all artists to kind of come from the ground up and um, to use that network to, to serve you and serve other people. And I think that's the biggest shift we're seeing and we're going to continue to see in the next decade as I think the music industry business, I think it's more just a business it's, and it's at different levels is going to continue to evolve and, and how you're going to see 
artists get discovered, I think you are going to start seeing a lot more kind of community hubs producing incredible talent. Uh, we've seen it come out of Nashville's tour stop community. We're seeing it come out of Writers Round uh, LA or Writers Round San Diego. We have an artist who's really making a splash, been in Rolling Stone recently, all sorts of stuff. So like, yeah, I just, more of this, more of this, and it just all adds up to something really cool that is bubbling nationwide around the world. More community, more people, everybody wins. Hell yeah. Well, Aaron, it's amazing, yeah. dude. Great to uh, to spend my uh, Sunday evening with you, dude. And now I can't wait to go enjoy some curry my wife just made for me. I'm excited. Likewise. Greg, it's a pleasure. Everybody, thank you for watching this. Uh, we'll just call it Town Hall number one. Greg, we'll do this again, and we'll make sure dude, that let's, everybody who's, let's try to do it monthly. who's watching can come and tune in again. Guys, if you're watching now, uh, you can listen to the post-production episode of the podcast for Nashville Tour Stop, where we do Town Hall number one. If you have more questions, shoot us a DM on Instagram. We'd be happy to chat about it in, in the after the fact. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Well said, brother. Enjoy the rest of your night. Take care. Enjoy it. Good night, everybody.